uh, 800. Yeah. All right, uh, and so here we go. There was 104 plays in the United States, okay? Um, the state that had the largest views was Ohio, 40. Uh, South Carolina was 14. Uh, and then there was some general mobile stuff that they couldn't put down a specific region. We had seven of them. Uh, there were six in North Carolina. Texas had six. California had four. New York had four. Oregon had three. Arizona, two. North Dakota, one. Maryland, one. New Hampshire, one. And New Jersey. And so, uh, in the... Uh, uh, international, uh, we had a... Uh, we had 134 uh, total hit. Uh, of course, the United States was 104. Uh, Singapore, 11. United Kingdom, 8. Spain, 3. Canada, 2. Germany, 2. India, 2. And Latvia, 2. So, uh, we're, we're reaching. We're reaching uh, out, and uh, it's, it's worth a so, little old church here in the middle of us. North Carolina. In the middle of the same here. So, anyway, that's the way to pray. Pray the prayer real quick. Pray for Anne. Uh, she's starting to come down with this junk. I understand that, that I'm getting over. Uh, I know that I called my doctor today and she said it's positive. Uh, and so uh, I told her what I was doing. She said, keep it up. So, um, there's nothing really. And antibiotic will take care of it because it's not bacteria. So, anyway, uh, and I learned that from. Uh, so, uh, any additions to the prayers? Any updates? I think we put Devin on there. Yeah, Devin. Yeah. What? Yeah, Devin. Yeah, he's yeah. having some shoulder trouble. Some trouble. They put me on there because I found that I was over 73 this morning. I didn't even know what I was doing. What? Yeah. Um, we were at breakfast this morning and he was told that he was older than a than a person that would eat breakfast with him that's when he was seventy three. Oh my. I know. I don't even look bad. I feel for you.
for there are no uh, partiality with God, or there is no partiality with God, for as many as have sinned without law will also perish without law, and as many have sinned in the law will be judged by the law, for not the uh, not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do the things in the law, these although not having the law are a law unto themselves, who show the work of the law written in their heart, their um, conscience also bearing witness, and between themselves uh, their thoughts accusing or else excusing them. Uh, in the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. We'll talk about that. Whew, that's a lot. So God will judge each person according to his deeds in the sense of what it's talking about. Every person will stand before the judgment seat of God. 2 Corinthians 5.10 Every unbeliever will be judged according to his work. Revelation 20.12 We... we this is continuation and repeated. So he does he wants to make sure that everyone understands that you're not exempt. Whether you want to believe Jesus is real, or whether you want to believe God is real, or you want to worship a rock, or whether you want to worship something else, you're going to stand before the creator of the universe. And you're going, the unbeliever will be judged according to his work. And so uh, God will have a positive judgment for the righteous. Uh, verse 7 says, says, Eternal life is the reward for those who seek God's glory. God has a reward for all who love His appearing. 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. Do we love the fact that Christ appeared on the scene? Do we love the fact that He sent Him to die for us on the cross? And so, the reward for that is, is, is eternal life. Eternal life is the reward for those who seek God's honor. God has a great reward for all who do His will. Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. Do we do His will? God says, we pay it as we wait for His coming. In James 5, 7 and 8. We're not supposed to be anxious about the coming of God. We're to be patient. And we as human beings are not patient by nature. We want what we want and we want it now. And our society today is driven to that point. I mean, you have fast food restaurants. We have to pull up through there, order, and then pull up, and it ain't here to stick out the window and we get a little upset. And if we have to pull forward, sometimes it makes you do something you don't want to do. But what do we expect? What do we expect? We expect now. We want our theology drive through theology. We want our Bible study drive through Bible study. We want people to spoon feed us everything. I want to get my 15 minutes of it and I'm done for the year. Most of them. Most of a lot of people out there get their 15 minutes and done for the year. And they'll carry that verse for 12 months or whatever that theme was and that's what they'll talk about all year. Part of good for six months. You'll see him at Easter, and you won't see him again until Christmas. That's what 
you know, that's what we call the Christian. Christmas in Easter. Uh, Christian. Yeah. Uh, you see them twice a year, whether they need it or not. Uh, but most folks have all of Jesus they want or none. Okay. But this, this right here is talking. Yeah. This is easily taken out of context. This is not what's theology. And, and it says, there will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil. Or, no, who sins? Not sin. Paul is it's in the middle of parsing this out and making this clear. Yeah, good and evil here. <coughs> He's setting the Jewish people up which will come here towards the end of this for understanding that as he started, stubbornness and your unrepentant heart. For you making the judgment calls, we go back into this chapter just a little bit before we go forward, both self-seeking and who reject the truth. All these elements are here, but this is not works theology. It's not works theology at all. It's, it's actually a, a coalescence of everything we do in life. And I like that you said you have patience because the patience is the guy has to go through the process all the way through his life and understanding all the elements of the theology he's going to be laying out and Christ included until he gets to a point in the word theology where <coughs> are the things that are pouring out of his belief and faith in Christ. Where the, where the works part comes into it. You know, everyone's going to be good on their deed. However, what it, what it boils down to is the deeds of the believer versus the deeds of the unbeliever. That's where that's it's not it's not work. Well, I mean our deeds are going to be turned and the revival is repeat with 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 references of uh, of man's deeds. You know, Isaiah 3, 10, and 11, uh, 10, 11, Jeremiah 17, 10, John 5, 28, 29, 1 Corinthians 3, 8, 2 Corinthians 5, 10, Galatians 6, 7, and 9, Romans 14, 12. I mean, so Paul is laying out there throughout the whole Old and New Testament the deep. I'm just saying, right. this is where they pull out of context. That's where us the You can earn your way, and, and you can't. We, we are not. But, uh, and Paul is not saying this right at this moment. Uh, it appears that you can grab this out of the Bible and, and claim that, but you can't. But the other thing about it is, it's also talking about two distinct people. You know, you, first off, you have the redeemed and the unredeemed. Then you have the Jews and the Greeks, the repentant and unrepentant. Well, and they're and they're they're the same. They're the same. Just because those. The, see, the Jews thought because you didn't have a law, you were sinner, no matter what you do. But also, he told them here, no matter if you got a law or not, you're going to be judged by it. Did you keep the law? No. And those that didn't have the law, if they did good and, and were honored seeking God, they were going to be fine. But it comes down to being redeemed. The biggest difference is the being redeemed. Being regenerated. Uh, and so... You know, uh, the unredeemed are going to face a greater judgment. Well, it says right here, you know, every unbeliever will be judged according to his work. Revelation 20, 20. Because he's ascribed to the law. He 
thinks the law will save him. Not, but even the Gentiles go to be right. the un, it says the unbelievers, the unredeemed, who are without excuse. Yeah, they're without excuse. Alright, so that that that's putting that works theology to the to the to the side. We we move past that going to die on its own. Yeah, it, it died on its own heel. Uh, <laughs> eternal life is the reward of those who work uh, who seek immortality. God will give us immortality as we follow Him. There's only one way to have immortality. And that's the shed of Jesus Christ. There's only one name under heaven by which men are saved. Jesus Christ. There's only one way to God through Jesus Christ. And so, those who teach that, well, if you live a good life and you're going to be regenerated, you're going to come back to something good. If you Live a bad life and you come back, you're going to have to, you might come back as a, as a stud in a snowplow. I mean, you know, you know snowplow. <clears throat> the only way you're going to have immortality is through Jesus Christ. That's it, period. And the immortality that they're talking about is the regeneration coming through life on cycles and cycles and cycles until you get it right. That is malarkey. That's just about life. Just about the same as evolution. You can't get something from nothing. You just can't. And, and, and Paul, in, in this whole thing, this is going to be a theme through this whole thing, is, and, and this comes from N.T. Wright. N.T. Wright is kind of an English writer, but he says, Paul uses this legal state called law court mm-hmm. in the law. And apocalyptic writing, so pull that in. Paul's pulling in several things here from the Old Testament. And the covenant. Don't forget the covenant. The covenant's in play here. The covenant is the promise of God in Genesis. And so so as he begins to un, um, actually uh, say prosecute, as he turns to make his case for both people the lost Jew and the lost Gentile, he's going to make a case here that really is the whole crux of Romans. Well, I'm going to stop right there. In verse 7, basically it's saying God will have a positive judgment on the right. right. We're talking about immortality. But you need to understand also that eternal life is not simply... Uh, Inubration because of uh, because we're believers. Unbelievers are going to have in, uh, eternity also. They're going to have they're going to be in in hell for eternity. And so uh, it says they're going to have a positive outcome uh, uh, on the righteous. Well, God will have a negative judgment for the unrighteous. Wrath will come on the unrighteous. The wrath of God will come on all ungodly. Romans 1.18. When we started it, that's what it said. Uh, self-seeking. You know, this word uh, may have been used to originally describe uh, attitude or an action. Uh, but self-seeking, that's when you put you to be your own God. You have your reliance upon your own wisdom. What is sin? Sin is us setting ourselves up and thinking that we know better than God. Self-justification. That's another thing he talked about. Uh, the wrath will come upon those who do not obey the truth. 
The wrath of God will come upon those who reject the truth. Ephesians 5 6. Think about this. People who stand out there and reject the truth. Just like I thought, uh, what was it? I don't know. The, the mainstream TV the other night, like, there was a lady that was on there, and, and uh, she made this statement that standing up here, listening to you people with this archaic joke book, and, and some fictitious person who's over everything that sits in the sky, uh, is guiding you in your thoughts when there's important political issues to take care of. He is going to hell. Straight out. Out of her own mouth. And she's going to stand before that fictitious God. And she's going to answer for those actions. She's going to answer for that belief. And she'll find out that the politically motivated things that she was talking about weren't worth a hill of beans when she's burning for eternity. Um, but we're not called to be ugly to her. We're called to love her. She's one of God's creatures. Wrath will come on the unrighteous. The wrath of God will come on those who trouble Christians. It's not just, think about that. The wrath of God will come upon those who trouble Christians. Those people who are your enemies. Those people who are uh, persecuting you. They're going to suffer wrath. They're going to. It may seem like there's no hope. That's 2 Thessalonians 1.6. Wrath will come on every soul that does evil. The wrath of God will come on every soul that sins. Ezekiel 18.4. We've known about this from the beginning. What happened to Cain after he killed Abel? Did wrath come upon him? Absolutely. He got kicked out. Come to wonder. And you can, we're nothing. Well, nobody going to, he had the market. People at that time used to say, well, he had the market anyway. And why would that for him? Because he was under judgment from God. And so, uh, there you go. Uh, and the Gentiles didn't have the law, but they did the things required by the law. They did those things that were by So, by their heart. Because they knew instinctively in their conscience what was right. Now here's where he's going here's where he's going to really cut to take. Right here. The wrath of God will come upon the Jews. The wrath of God will come upon all Jews who reject Christ. Acts 13, 45 to 46. Every Jew that has rejected Jesus Christ as the Messiah, the wrath is going to come upon them. And it's already on them. They just don't realize it. Wrath will also come upon the Gentiles. The wrath of God will come upon all who do not obey the gospel. 1 Peter 4.17 There's no difference between Jew and Gentile when it comes to the wrath of God. There's no difference in, in, in the unbeliever whether he's Jewish or whether he's Gentile. There's no difference. The, the, what does the Ten Commandments tell us? That if you break one, what? The penalty is what? Death. If you take the Ten Commandments and make them a chain and they hook you on the Tenth Commandment and they swing you out over the Grand Canyon and you're hooking this chain in the heart, does it matter which one of those sins, which one of those commandments you break? The result's going to be the same. Death. Because you can't keep it. There's not a human being alive that can keep it. The only person that can keep it would be Jesus. There's only been three people that were perfect. And the first two didn't say that. They 
sin and got kicked out of paradise. They had it going on. Think about that. They were able to commune with God daily. And that wasn't good enough. They took the way. God will reward all who follow what is good. Uh, God will reward all who obey Him, both Jews and Gentiles. In Romans 9, 21, 24, it talks about that. We'll get there. God justifies us by faith and gives us peace. Romans 5, 1. We have a peace. Think about this. All the things that's going on in our world, all the things that's going on in our personal lives, yes, we might be in trouble, but we have a peace. Think about it. Are you troubled in your soul? No. Hey, you have stuff breaking and you have days that are stressed? Absolutely. Is your soul troubled? No. Well, I was troubled because, you know, they talked about nuclear holocaust, and then I realized. It's not their earth. It's God's earth. This is God's place here. It's not theirs. And that really gave me a lot of hope, a lot of, a lot of peace. Because it, God is going to let this thing go forward any different than what it says right here in this book. It's been perfect to this point. You think it's going to start having mistakes going forward? No. We, we can have the peace and the just relax and know in the love of Christ that He's going to be the one that determines how the earth goes. Period. If no one else is, not a nuclear bomb or anything else is going to ever destroy what God's going to do going forward. Period. So I relax to it. You know, the great thing about that is if there's going to be a nuclear court, I don't have to worry about it. One way or another, I have no control. Why am I going to lose sleep over something I can't control? God got me. Right. If I if I get disintegrated in a nuclear black, oh well, it was God's plan. I'm going to be in heaven. It's not the end of it. Say, no, no. It, it, that's the great thing about us as Christians. When we die, it's not over. It's just the beginning. Remember, life is like a vapor. Eternity is forever. And the vapor that they were talking about is you strike a match. And blow it out, that little last puff of smoke that comes off of it when you that's the bait. That is the definition of bait. Isn't it a bait? How short is that? That's the life. But eternity. Eternity. There's no our mind can't conceive it. You know, so we have hope. God does not show uh, respect of person. It doesn't matter. Whether you're rich or whether you're poor. It doesn't matter what color you are, a believer of Jesus Christ, and have you repented? Or not? That's what matters. That's what matters. And God will bring you to that. And the whole point here in this whole section is that it sounds like Paul is just saying God will judge man's secret uh, all at one little point in time. No, it will be at the end. It says this will take place on the day when God will judge men's secrets. And that happens at the end of time. That is the great and dreadful day of the Lord, which is all throughout the Bible. And and that's why it says throughout this, uh, be long suffering, you know, wait. Uh, don't 
Don't have it, you said it earlier, don't have it happen in an instant. It's not a drive-through Christianity. It's going to happen over a huge amount of time. And it's already taken us 2,024 years or 23 years to get here to this point. Yeah. yeah. But the point is, the point is that all is here in front of us. He's bringing this eternity of God's judgment right out in front of us. Paul is kind of throwing it when he brings that up. Hey, right now, the dreadful day of the Lord. Now, you think about it, you're going to face it. You're going to be there, but not for a while. You know, and it's it's kind of scary when he says it, and, and then you go, oh, it wasn't tomorrow. Okay, I can relax. It's going to be at the end of the age. And so, but he's serious. He's dead serious with this thing. Get a grip on it, guys. You've got to come to grips with the law. You're going to be in a law court and you're going to have to face the reality of this covenant coming true. And so the covenant's in place and this is an apocalyptic thing. This is this is going back in time where it was prophesied by the Jews in Daniel that a great mountain will occur when that stone, that little stone runs down the hill and hits the statue. And a great mountain, that's us, will come out of it. The great mountain will grow. And he's, he's not saying Daniel explicitly here, but he's, he's pointing at it. This growth takes time. This Christian mountain will occur. And he's going to go into that later. There, he's going to go into the mountain. And in verse 10 and 11, that, you know, it doesn't matter who you are and what fact you've been lied to. God will reward people just as they sow in Galatians 6, verse 7 God does not show respect for person. I don't care if you're president of the United States. I don't care if you're Pope. I don't care who you are. If, if you're not us, bathed in the blood of Jesus Christ, you're sinner. You are condemned already. And you're going to give an account. All of them. Man uh, shows that the law is written in his heart. In, in chapter 2, verse 12 16. Man will be judged with or without the law. In, in 12. Alright? B. Those who do not have the law will perish without the law. That's what we were talking about in, in verse 12. The Gentiles show that they have the law written in their hearts. Romans 2, 14 and 15. We just back up read that. Or we've read uh, For when Gentiles who do not have the law by name uh, or by nature do the things in the law, these, although not having the law, are a law to themselves. We have God. We have an ethic of who God is. Doing right. And it's not talking about it again. It's not talking about work. It's talking about coming to an understanding of who God is. And so, uh, those who have the law will be judged by the law. The Jews will be judged by the law that they have broken. The Gentiles will be judged because they've broken the law that they didn't have. Because they know what the law is. It's in us. We know what right and wrong is. When you get to a certain point in life, you know what right and wrong is. 
And that doesn't come, you know, morally what's right, and morally what's wrong. And that doesn't come from man. That comes from outside of all of it that's important to us from God. Uh, we really understand who it is when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and then go up with the Holy Spirit. Then you can really understand the, the levels of morality that, are, that we are susceptible to or immorality. Uh, man makes one of two responses to the law. Those who hear the law cannot be justified. Those who hear the law and do not obey forget that they forget what they are. That's James 1, 22 and 24. So the Jews who have the law have not heard the law or have not kept the law forget who they are. Those who obey the law shall be justified. Those who hear and obey will be blessed. James 1, 25. So verses 1, 22, 23, 24, and 25 of chapter 1 of James is talking about all this right here. A man, uh, may, man may not have the law in written form. In, four, in verse 14, man may not have the law in written form. By nature, the law, without knowing the law that is written, the law of God, people in pagan society generally value an attempt to practice its most basic tenets. Treating each other well. Doing what's right. Being honest. Uh, even those who don't have the law have that. Uh, that and that becomes a law unto themselves. Uh, the Gentiles do not have the law. The law was given to the Jews. In Romans 3, 1 and 2. The Gentiles by nature do things contained in the law. The Gentiles have known about God from His creation. Romans 1, 19 to 20. And I mentioned this one before, you know, when I learned the classes I had to take was on apologetic, and part of it had to do with uh, establishing uh, bloodlines and, 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 for lack of a better your family tree. And there's a little place between Europe and Asia that's very remote, and they trace their lineage back to Adam. But the word they use for Adam translates dirt. So they didn't have the law, they didn't have that, but they understand where it came from. That was in it. So uh, from creation. And uh, the Gentiles have become a law unto themselves. The Gentiles know the judgment of God and still sin. Romans 1.32. The Gentiles today, which are like us, there are people in our country who know what the law is, they know that the judgment is coming, and they still sin. In fact, they, they refuse to believe that it's going to happen. And just because they refuse, and they got a majority of people who go along with them and follow them, and they have lawmakers who happen to make laws that will justify them, they're all going to stand in judgment, and they're going to suffer the wrath of God. Period. You notice I didn't have any emotion in that. I wasn't doing damnation or hell. I wasn't telling a fact. That's it. Whether Jerry Wilson likes it or not, you're going to stand before God. Whether Jerry Wilson is a believer or Jerry Wilson is not a believer, I'm going to stand before God and I'm going to get what I truly deserve. Period. Paul, Paul inserts himself in this. Mm -hmm. 
has a pharisaical view. He's not excluding himself in this rhetorical statement that, or that this whole thing he's, he's making about the moralists, the people who are above the other guy, he's putting himself right in this group. He includes himself realizing that Israel was God's plan for the world's salvation, and he was a part of it. He's inserting himself into this very squarely, and, <coughs> and he's very happy about the outcome, but he has stated that uh, way down the road here. But the point is, he's making the case, and he's including himself. You're toast. You're toast. And, there's, and this is the, the righteous justification of God. Isn't that the best argument? I mean, you know, man had the law because of his confidence. Okay? So the Gentiles show the work of the law written in their heart. Now, here's an example. Uh, Abimelech was guided by the integrity of his heart. Genesis 25. The Gentiles have a conscience that bears witness within them. All people have convinced uh, or convicted by their own conscience. Uh, Genesis 3, uh, verses 7 or 1. Uh, the Gentiles may be accused by their thoughts. All people are accused by their thoughts at times. And that's King Solomon, Ecclesiastes 7, 22. Our thoughts, think about this. Our thoughts accuse us of things. Even when we know we're right, where do you think doubt comes from? We're accusing ourselves. There are folks today who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, who have been baptized with the Holy Spirit, yet they will not forgive themselves. They still doubt that God can forgive them. Even though He has, they haven't accepted the fact that they are forgiven. Oh, he can't possibly know everything. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Otherwise, he wouldn't have sent his son. Do you think Jesus came to die on the cross for maybe 75% of your mind and your heart? No. He came to die for it all. And when he gave up his last breath, what did he say? It is finished. When it comes to salvation, it is finished. The legal verdict. That's it. He rendered the decision right there. Remember, God told Noah, you got 120 years. He had already passed judgment on the world. 120 years. Got art built, got people on it, got animals on it. What happened? Door shut. Door shut. There is a ark of salvation available now. And the door's going to close one day. And when that door closes, it's too late. It is too late. And for those of us who are alive and breathing today, you had better come to Christ while you still have breath in your body because after you draw that last breath, it is too late. Your eternity is set. Period. There ain't no going back. There ain't no going out of Texas. You're going to regret that for eternity. And if you don't believe Jesus is alive and well, go over down the road you go. And when you pass away, you will find out immediately. Immediately. And so, uh, there's no excuse. The Gentiles may accuse themselves uh, in their thoughts. 
but their thoughts convicted, just like ours do. Uh, man will one day give an account to God, as you 16, it says, God will judge the secrets of the heart. God will reserve the unjust for the day of judgment. 1 Peter 2 9. God will judge according to Christ. We will all give an account of ourselves to God. Romans 14, 8 and 10. You're going to stand up there, and the first thing it is, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Hallelujah. You know what that does right there? That takes the next fire out of you. And then you're going to give an account. You're going to give an account. So, uh, go ahead. There is a word called catacrima. Catacrima is condemnation. If you hang on to that word and follow it through the rest of Romans, it gives an answer to what he's laying out in two. His, his case for your need for Jesus Christ is being made right here. But catacrima is your condemned. Well, everybody is condemned. He hasn't even brought up it says it just teasingly, as my gospel declares in the last part of the the gospel is yet to come here in his argument. But what he's laying out is that we all must face this law. And how are we going to face this law? So you did the case back to Romans. Right, right. But we are facing the law, and how are we going to face this law? How are you going to face this law? But it tells you to see. You can do it on your own. But it tells you to you know, the secrets of your heart. Everything that you've done, the, mo the motive behind your actions. If you've never done somebody wrong, the motive of that. If you withheld something from somebody that they rightly deserve, the motives are going to be made bad. The difference between a believer and an unbeliever is huge. It's a huge difference. Mystery. It is. The difference is the fact that you're saved. Saved. And how that is going to be broke out of this is incredible. Yeah. 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 The whole point is you have to face this law. That's right. The position we're in. You've got to face this law. Yeah. You've got to face it. You know, this law says you're without excuse. You know you, whether you're Gentile or Jew, hello, if you know, you have no excuse. It's a court thing. It's, it's a court thing. thing. The prosecutor is taking Your mind is free. He said your thoughts. Your thoughts. Whoops. The people are accused by their thoughts at times. Your thoughts are going to be out there. Think about that. Everybody there is going to see your thoughts go across. And then, your defense attorney is going to stand up, I paid his debt. Guess what? It's even more brilliant than that. When he begins to lay it out, You'll, you and I will be able to, to explain that. Remember what we did in Ephesians? He died for We're in Christ. Remember that. We're in Christ. In Christ. We're not only got a little certificate over here that says we believe by faith through grace. We're in Christ. 
to be huge. And, and Paul is going to lay this out. Christ is in us. Remember where it is. He who is in me is greater than he outside. The God of angel armies is inside of you. That'll that preach. <laughs> yeah. What I mean, that's the fact. All the army that God controls, He's busy. He's my friend. He's my enemy. He's my father. I have been adopted by Him. Not as some second class son. I have been adopted into His family as His son. As his daughter. I am his child. I am no longer an orphan. See, the magnitude of this is hard for people to wrap their minds with. It's hard. Not only, not only are, are you going to be exempt from some of this, you're going to be judged. Like a father born to judge his child. You're, we get. We get corrected through our lives. You know, every now and then, God has to take me to the woodshed. And I deserve I deserve that. But because I'm His Son, He gives me good things. And so here it is. It's coming down with the nutshell. You're going to stand there. You're either going to be His family or you're going to be His enemy. Period. There ain't on the ground. You still sin. But you who believe and are pardoned by the birth, who in Christ are now, your penalty is set aside. Whose children obeyed you 24 7? None of us did. We didn't even obey our parents 24 7. But we expect them to do it, we expect them to be perfect. We can't. How does something imperfect expect perfection from something that's not? It's, it, it, we want the best thing. And the main reason we do it is because we're afraid that they're going to bring dishonor upon us. People are going to judge us based on the actions of our children. That's where it comes to. You know, that's just like hearing children in church. Oh, it's wonderful to hear children in church as long as it ain't yours. If it's yours, it is not a good thing. Trust me, I know I was one of them that was not there. <laughs> I was a kid and it didn't work well. <coughs> and so, that's where we're at. It boils down to whether you believe. That's exactly right. That is gospel message. Does you believe how you get in Christ? Uh, how does that work? Um, what kind of good works can you do to get in the door? What do you have to do? You have to build an ark to get in? It's like God shut the door, didn't it? Uh, it wasn't you climbing in and shutting the door for yourself. Um, I had a discussion today where the guy says, no, you've got to repent. You've got to do all these things. That does those things for you. Efficacious grace. There's a there's a hard, uh, difficult understanding. What in the world is mystery of God? This Holy Spirit, how it works, 
Well, you know what? We're seeing it played out across America right now. And across the world, as far as that goes. This thing of the heart. And, and this is loaded in this chapter in the heart. The heart knows, and they get it right here as Gentiles, and they don't even have the law. What, what's going on with this thing? We know instinctively. You know, we're created by God. He's made us in His image. So part of that image is to understand our Maker. And, and God has made that clear to us. So, Matt, do you believe? The point is, do you believe? Do you want to believe? Why would you want to believe? Why would you want to face hell? Why would you want to go to heaven? Those are questions that are you've got to wrap your minds around. What you really got to understand is that read Romans. It's telling you the roadmap here on how to be in Christ. And search it out. Search out the Scripture. Hearing the Scriptures and then preach to you, read to you, and understanding pretty soon the Holy Spirit is going to open that door and He's going to close it behind you. And He's got you. But the Holy Spirit will reveal these things. You can't have somebody converting you. Oh, I was on the phone today and a guy was trying to sell my wife something and I, he got me instead, poor fellow. He was a Muslim. I said, well, you've got, you've got Esau in your Quran. He says, yeah. I said, Esau is a salvation for you. He says, no, we don't believe that way. I says, well, as Christians, you know, I'm a Christian, I think. You know, I'm a Muslim. He said, I don't believe that Jesus is the way. I said, well, see, we do, and we're saved. He never told me to save or not. He said, we don't see it that way, so we agree to disagree. I said, okay, what do you want? He says, I want this. I said, we don't want that. He says, goodbye. Boom. And it was over. But he heard that Esau was in his Quran. And the only perfect person in his Quran was Esau. Jesus. That was the only perfect. By their admission. And so... Uh, well, he's the only person that can handle it. He is. He's the only one that can create a life. But the point is, he, he has heard the good news partially, and so now he has got to wrangle with that. But it's interesting, he had a conversation for a short time. I'm practicing, I'm, I'm holding the guy's attention for a little longer than that. But the point is, he has Jesus. He has no excuse. They know. And they know he's perfect. So where are they at? I mean, they need to search these things out themselves. Believe and begin to follow the Creator, God. In verse 16, it says, it says, uh, it says In the day when God will judge the secrets of man by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. So I'm going to go through it. The day. That's the day God's going to judge the world. Alright? And then the secret is going to be the motivation and our thoughts behind our actions. Alright? And so uh, it says, uh, judged by uh, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was the standard. What was he? Perfect. So that's the standard. No matter how people will tell you or argue with you, the standard is perfection. Now, with that being said, all right, it says, and then he goes on and says, according to my gospel. 
uh, according to my gospel. This is not changing the gospel of Jesus Christ. What this is, this is Paul giving his rendition leading up to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, that's where the, my gospel comes from. Not his own uh, personal message, but the delivery rendered to these people at the time. That's why he says my gospel. When you share gospel, it is your gospel. Now, the gospel that we're sharing is good news of Jesus Christ. Now, you may say different, or you may use different adjectives or whatever to get there, or different avenues, that would be your part of the gospel. But the gospel is never changed. It is Jesus Christ, death, burial, resurrection, for remission of sin. Period. He was born of a virgin. He descended and he died. He stayed in the grave. He rose from the grave. He hung around for 40 days. He ascended to heaven and is sitting in heaven today alive. So, the creator of the universe put on his creation and dwelt among us. And so, that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we're about. That's what all of this is about. And so, your part is do you believe? Yeah. That's my that's question. Do you believe? All we're called to do is share. We believe it. And our job is to share. Uh, any questions, any comments? Sacrifice on the cross for us and all the others. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.